the excitement left as soon as I got up here, so oh, I don't know if I should be nervous. <laughs> Amen. Now, we're going to be reading my opening text, 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 through 5, uh, and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, so if some of you um, are following along in your Bible, um, I'm just thankful to be in the house of God. Amen. Thankful for the people of God, thankful for all of you, um, those kind words, but you know, I think it's without said, I, I love this church, love this people, um, you guys hold my kids, you, you have us, you know, you deal with us, um, so I'm just thankful and, and um, thankful it's been a great three and a half, almost three and a half years and um, we're just thankful that, that God is having his way this church and, and, uh, and my wife and I, amen. First John chapter 3, or uh, chapter 2, verse 3 through 5, um, if you just keep that on the screen there. But tonight, I feel to teach, um, and what I like to teach about is uh, the greatest demand of the Bible is obedience. The greatest requirement, I mean, you could say this a thousand ways, is obedience. The greatest demand on your life, when you're looking at it in two different ways, is to obey God or to disobey God. And it's, it, it seems kind of trivial, it seems kind of, you know, elementary, but when you realize, have you ever thought, about it for a moment, and um, I came across this in my study, in my reading, and I just never thought about it this way, that um, have you ever wondered or thought to yourself, what a mess humanity and his fallen angels caused God by just simply disobedience to God? They rejected God, they rejected his ways, and because of that, one-third of the angels were cast out of heaven, and humanity was born into a fallen state of sin. But the greatest demand that is being placed or put on humanity is obedience. Now, we can say, well, you know, we, we pay our offering, our tithes, and, you know, we do great works, and we have salvation, but yeah, when you take a step back, you understand that that all is biblically sound and what we ought to do, right? But that all comes from what? Obedience. Obedience to God's word, obedience to what he wants us to do in our lives. So the greatest demand that is being placed on your life right here, right now, and throughout the entirety of your whole life is going to be obedience, are we going to obey God or are we going to obey what we want to do? Are we going to obey God or are we going to obey what they want us to do? And that's the most important thing because if you really get down to it, it caused God so much issues was disobedience. Even though humanity today and 
perhaps none of us in this place, but humanity today and Satan continues to rebel against God's authority and how he ordained it to be and how he saw it to be and how he wants it to be. They still continue to rebel and reject and ultimately disobey God. Well, how? Well, through their actions, through how they act, through how they talk, through what they do that is contrary to the word of God. They just automatically disobey God. But if we're going to do what God wants us to do in our lives here today, if you really want God to do something in you and through you, it's simple. We have to obey his word. We have to obey his voice. And we don't and we can't and we must not give up. Because there is a, a moment in time where God sees us where we're at and sees what we're doing and he knows the intent of our heart. He knows our motive and he knows what we're after in God. But it all comes down to are we going to obey him and his word and what he wants us to do? Because let me tell you, this is going to sound controversial, but it's really not. There's two visions, okay? At a district level, there's a vision that the district superintendent sets, and then there's a vision that your local church sets as a pastor. But we ought to be thankful that those visions that are being set is one vision, and it is what God wants to do, and that is to win souls and have regional revival here in Watertown and through all South Dakota. So it may come from a macro level that there may be two, but ultimately, Bishop. Pastor Jared, they want to be obedient to God and his voice. And what did they do? They preached the word. They preached truth. They loved the, the people of God. They love what God stands for, but they have to obey. So obedience, by definition, is an act or instance of submitting to the restraint or command of an authority. Now, all of you seasoned veteran parents out there, my son just turned two, and he understands that he has somewhat of an opinion, and he knows how to disobey pretty well thus far, um, so he uh, is not always obedient, as I can imagine I'd like him to be. But the act or instance of submitting to the restraint of a command of, of authority. Another major Greek word includes the idea of submission to authority. Now there is there is a difference between obedience and submission. 100% there's a difference. Obedience to God and humanity authorities, human authorities, excuse me, so there's obedience to God and then there's obedience to you know, when we drive down the road, we don't run red lights. We're obeying the laws of the land. We pay our taxes, unfortunately. You know, we don't pay our state taxes if you're here in South Dakota, and we're thankful for that. We don't have to. But there's, there's certain things that we have to obey as just a citizen, right? We, we have to be in subjection to the laws of the land, and we have to, you know, obey um, you know, what they have set before us. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 and 5, and it says this. 
And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. Verse 4, if someone claims I know God but doesn't obey his commandments, that person is a liar and not living in truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Verse 6, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Verse, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 15, very familiar portion of scripture. Again, I just want to bring this into con- context. The greatest commandment of the Bible is obedience. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22 verse through 23. Again, I'm reading the New Living Translation. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? And he says, listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than the offering, the fat of the rams. Verse 23, rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. Why does Samuel say that obedience is better than sacrifice? Because even in sacrifice, there can be an element of our self-will. There can be an element of our self-motive. But God is saying, I want you to be obedient, not just submitted. Because we can all say we're submitted to God. and We're submitted to our pastor. We're submitted to things. And then not really be submitted or not really do what we ought to do. But when you obey God and obey his word and you understand the importance of it, that there's a demand on your life and it's very simple. That is either to obey God or disobey God. And what is the greatest thing that God wants us to do here in this place? That is to simply obey him in this house and obey him by how we live and how we talk and what we do. And it's important. It's necessary. We can't make it to heaven without it. If you sacrificed all the money you had but wasn't a cheerful giver, you sacrificed. Was it something that God wanted you to do? Or was it something that, hey, look at me. I gave this amount, or you did whatever it could be, whatever you can come up within your mind, like I'm sacrificing, I'm sacrificing my time to be here at church tonight. Well, that's, that, that is a sacrifice, yes, but it's also a requirement. Let's talk about the importance of obedience. Why is it important to obey God or be obedient to God? As, human, it's, as humans, it tests. Our motives, as children of God, it tests our human nature. Now, I know when I became an adult, that it just happened a few years ago. Matter of fact, when I moved to South Dakota. (laughs) But when I became an adult, I could remember, you know, people telling you things. You know, when you're 18, 19, 20, 21, and you just thought you knew everything. I was one of those. I just thought I knew everything. And I remember one time, my dad, God bless his heart, he did something that he wanted, he wanted to do something for me that he never did for him, uh, that wasn't done for him. Um, and he wanted to do that for his children. So he bought me, when I graduated high school, he bought me a car. And I was thankful for that. A brand new one. 
at 17 or 18, however old I was. And would you believe I didn't know that thing only ran on gas? I didn't once change the oil. I didn't take it into, I, I didn't do nothing. I ran that thing into the ground. Three years later, I mean, it aged about 50 years. But they kept telling me, and I just didn't want to listen. I just wanted to do it. I had freedom. I could do whatever I wanted to do. And I just, eh, whatever. So it was my human nature to say, well, I know they got wisdom, and, and I know they got experience, but I'm going to do it my way. And sometimes God tests us in that, in that state that we're in. We've got the Holy Ghost. We're on the right track, and now God is asking us to go further, perhaps, in our devotion, or go further in our walk with God, or go further on an extended fast, or read through the Bible, and a whole, whatever it may be. And now we're saying, well, God, I'm going to Wednesday church. I'm going to Sunday church. I'm paying my tithes. I'm paying my off. How much more do you want me to do, God? How much more is it that I, that I have to do in order to get into heaven? I want to be, I, I made up my mind a long time ago. I want to be, and I, I aspire to be all that I can be, not just in life, not just as a husband and now a father, but I want to be all I can be in God and whatever I have to do. Look it. I moved 1,500 miles across the country. And every time I tell somebody I moved from Arizona to South Dakota, they think I'm crazy. But I just wanted to be obedient to the will of God in my life. And, what, and you may not have to move 1,500 miles. You may not have to ever leave South Dakota and praise God for that. But whatever it is that God is wanting you to do in your life at this moment, to inch closer and closer to his will, and not just his will, but his perfect will in your life, you have to be obedient to God and to what Scripture says. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, let's read. Let's continue to read Matthew chapter 26. And let's, let's see how the greatest man to walk this earth handled obedience. Matthew chapters 26, we're going to read verse 39 and verse 42. Not through 42, just both scriptures. Verse 39, he went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My father, if it be possible... Let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. What is that saying right there? That's showing a glimpse into Jesus, the humanity of Jesus, saying, God, do I have to go through, do I have to deal with this? Do I have to go through this suffering that I'm about to experience? Do I have to go through all these things that are going to be required of me? But what does he do? He automatically puts himself in check according to scripture. And he says, but yet I want your will be done and not mine. God, do I have to go through this? Do I have to experience this? And sometimes that's our prayer here today. Sometimes that's our mindset. Do I have to live this way? Do I have to do this? Do I have to do that? But yet we have to shift our mentality and our thinking. But yet, God, your will, not what I want, but whatever you want me to do, God, because you showed us as an example, your will be done, not mine. And then he follows it up in a few uh, verses later. Then Jesus left them a second time. How many of you have ever asked God the same prayer a second time? Absolutely, we all have. 
Then he prayed, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away from me unless I drink it, but guess what? Your will be done. If I have to go through this, if I have to live this way, if I have to pursue the things of God, if I have to be obedient to my pastor, if I have to live right, if I have to act right, whatever I have to do, your will be done in my life, God. I don't want to live this life anymore. I've done it my way far too long, but I'm going to continue to go through this. What did he convey? What did he display here? Well, he displayed that Jesus Christ was human. He didn't want to get beat. He didn't want to wear a crown of thorns on his head. He didn't want to get spit on. He didn't want to experience all of that. But he did for you and for I because he set the example he set the stage that you and I can live for God no matter what and we can be obedient to God and his word no matter what so we have to think to ourselves here today whatever you need God whatever it is God I open up myself I open up my life to you today God I want to experience, I want God to be everything that you desire in my life to be. And I will obey, even if that means temporary pain. Or I will obey, even if that means Jesus had to die for all humanity. He understood his assignment. He understood that it was necessary, but it doesn't mean that it was painless and he didn't experience things and he didn't, you know, experience hurt and pain and all these things. That didn't mean he enjoyed it, but guess what? He did it because it was required and he obeyed. If we ever want to get where God intends us to go, for where he intends us to go as a church, as a people, we must learn the importance of obeying God. And when we obey, whatever it is God telling us to do, there's no telling what God would do through us. I wonder if we can lift our hands right here. And if there be something in your heart, in your mind that comes to mind, whatever it is, God, I wonder if we can just lift our hands and add our voice to that and ask God, God, the greatest need that you have of me, the greatest desire that you have in my heart, God, God, is to obey you and be obedient, God. It's better than sacrifice. It's better than whatever I can do. It's better than what this world has to offer. I want to obey you. I want to obey your word. I want to obey you, God. So I'm making a declaration here in this place, God, that I'm going to be obedient to you. I'm going to live for you. Whatever you're requiring of me right here in this moment, God, I'm going to do it. And we could say, well, what is it that God wants us to do? Well, we can make it general, and, and I don't want to brush these off like they're not important because they are. Well, win souls. Well, yes, absolutely. Root out pride in our life, perhaps. Perhaps some of us need to read the Bible, or perhaps somebody of us needs to finish reading the Bible. Perhaps we need to pray every day. 
Perhaps we need to start praying. Perhaps we need to learn to pray. Perhaps you need to die out to your flesh daily, not just on Sundays or Wednesdays, but daily. And again, I'm not brushing those off like they're unimportant, no, but there's something else that is rooted in you, in each and every one of us, that perhaps is keeping us away from what God is wanting to do in your life. And we can examine our hearts, and we don't all have to share here today, but you can examine your heart and ask God to reveal it to you, perhaps. What is it? What do I need to be more consistent at? What is it that I need to do, God, because I want to obey you. I want to live for you. I want to live right, act right, think right, display you, God. I want everybody, when they come in contact with me, to know that they see God in me, and they see a difference in me, but it all starts with obedience. Hebrews 5, 8 through 9. And when we begin to understand the importance and why we have to obey God, we walk with confidence. Like, have, have you ever, I remember, you know, you did something ahead of time, like, you know, let's say you were, when you were a kid, when you were a child, teenager, you know, and you did the dishes before your parents even asked. You... You mow the lawn before parents even asked you. Even though they knew that was a requirement, you just did it before they even asked. And you kind of, you walked different. You're like, yeah, I took care of that. Mom, Dad, can I have 10 bucks? And no problem. Here you go, son. Here you go. What a, how many of you have ever experienced, you just kind of walk? Like, I, I obeyed my parents. I did, they didn't even have to tell me, and I obeyed them. I already did what was required of me. But when we do that with Jesus and we, we do that with the word of God and the things of God, we walk in authority. We walk with a little confidence because we know we're obeying God and what he's wanting for us in our lives. But we also understand Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8 through 9. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. In this way, God qualified him as the perfect high priest. And he became the source of eternal salvation for all of those who obeyed him. What does that mean? That means sometimes when we suffer things, go through things, and we're suffering, and we're going through just life, pure life. It's not like there's, you know, a devil around every corner, devil in every bush, plus they wouldn't be here. Well, maybe right now because it, the weather's amazing. But we understand that we go through things in life. We experience just life. But we understand that we're, we should be better for it. Well, what do you mean? Well, what's the best teacher experience? I don't want to have to learn the same thing over and over and over. I knew a guy who finished six years in, uh, four years of high school in six. Like, my word. How many more high school years of high school do you need? But what I'm saying is he, people learn through things, through obedience, and sometimes through suffering. And some, if you feel a call of God on your life, by show of hands, how many of you have ever felt God called you to do something? It doesn't have to be pulpit ministry. Or maybe you answered the call. And what happens? Boom, something happens. Something bad happens. Maybe the next day, maybe the next week. 
I remember when I finally got it together, and I'm still a work in progress, but I remember I, I could take you to the exact spot. My grandmother had passed away, and I was in sixth grade, and we went to a youth service, and I really didn't want to go, but I went because I was being obedient to my parents. But I went, and I remember it was in that moment I said, God, I'm not going to run from you anymore. I have all this pain and this suffering from loss of, of a loved one. But I'm going to commit myself to you. And I'm going to commit myself to living for you. And I wasn't perfect, and I didn't do it right, and I wasn't, you know, a poster child for how it should be done. But one thing that I did is I just said, you know what, I'm going to take all this pain and all this suffering and all this heartache, and I'm going to give it to you, God, and I'm just going to obey you, and I'm going to follow after you, and I'm going to do whatever is necessary and required of me. And that's what Jesus did. He didn't take any shortcuts. He didn't experience any handouts. All he did was obey, and he said, you know what? And the scripture says, because he obeyed through his suffering, God qualified him. And if you have a call of God on your life, and you want to live for God and do right, all you have to do is obey, and God will qualify you. God will help you. God will promote you. God will do whatever it is that you are wanting in him. But guess what? You might have to experience some suffering. You might have to experience some life. But guess what? When you do go through those things and when God helps you and qualifies you and, and helps you do whatever it is, if you want to be a Sunday school teacher or a Bible study teacher or you want to sing or whatever it is that you want to do, God will help you. Or if you're in a Bible study, one-on-one -on -one Bible study, and they say something that you went through a number of years ago, you can relate. And you're like, man, it takes you back. It takes you back to how you handle things and what you did and how you, you did it and, and your mess ups and your hang up. But now you can help someone else and say, guess what? Through my suffering, I may not have handled things correctly, but this is how you ought to do. And this is the, and you show them the way and all you're showing them is how to be obedient to God. Because when we couple faith and obedience in God, there's no telling what God can do in you and through you. Maybe it's a renewed commitment to God. Well, don't you just realize we had an amazing service on Sunday? Well, yeah. Guess what? There's more. Don't you realize that Sunday ends and Monday comes along and life happens? But I choose to obey even through pain. I choose to obey even through temporary loss. I, I choose to obey. I choose to be obedient to God and to the things of God. I, I know this pain and this suffering is not going to last forever. I know that there's joy that is coming. I know that God is going to help me get through it. I know God wants me to get through it. But all I have to do, make it simple, is just obey God and what he has for you in your life. That could be salvation here today. That could be whatever it is that you're needing from God. Only you know. God can help you. Because we should all have a destination in mind. And that's heaven. But you can't just walk into heaven 
There's going to be some things that you have to do that's required of you in this book. There's going to be some things that you have to do, and all you have to do is obey what this Word says. The importance of obedience. I think this is without having to be mentioned, but it needs to. The obedience to our spiritual authority. Well, first we need to be obedient to God. We need to be submitted and obedient to our family, the body of Christ. But there's also another element. And I study a lot of these things. Spiritual authority, obedience, submission. Not because I'm better, but guess what? It's in my personality to not do that. And so I want to be submitted to the man of God. I want to be submitted to God. I want to be submitted to the body of Christ. Because guess what? Henry needs to do that. It's not because I'm better. It's not because I'm just, I'm me. But there's certain things in my human nature that likes to buck up and likes to be prideful and all these things. And I have to take a step back and say, you know what, God? Am I obeying? Am I doing You'll never know what it means to have a pastor until he tells you no or until he reprimands you. So we need to be obedient to our spiritual authority. And listen, I don't want just another preacher in my If I just wanted a preacher in my life, there could be a number of online preachers that you could listen to. And many of them preach truth. But I don't want just a preacher in my life. I want a pastor who can tell me no, tell me I'm wrong, who can help me, who can push me. And I want to be submitted to my spiritual authority in my life. And we understand the importance of submitting to our spiritual leadership. And we understand that, again, like I mentioned, he cast a vision for our church or for us perhaps in our life. And I want that. I need that in my life. Romans chapter 13 and verse 1 and 2, God designed it this way. We can't get upset, we can't get angry, we can't get mad, but this is how God designed it for us in our life. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So yes, we need to understand that there's a government and we, we obey the laws of the land and all of that stuff that I went over, but we also understand that, that the spiritual authority in our life was placed here by God himself. So anyone who rebels against authority is ultimately rebelling against what God instituted and, what, and they will be punished. So when we have our pastor in our life and understand the importance of being submitted to your pastor and your spiritual authority in your life, we have to understand that this is the way God designed it and the way God wants it to be and the way God has it to be because God has placed this man of God in your life for a reason and in this season of your life. And we have to accept that. We have to obey. God, whatever you want me to do, that has to be our mentality and our mindset. Whatever it is, God. 
Then we have to understand the importance of obedience, obedience to God's word. We ought to understand biblically what the Bible tells us, doctrinally what we believe. And not just what is required of us, but more and more. I want to study this book. I want to know this book. And even when I think I'm at a place that I know, I still don't know it all when it comes to this book. But why is it important to be obedient to God's word? We ought to understand the Bible when it tells us what to do, how to do it. We ought to memorize it. We ought to love it. I'm on a journey to know his word more and more, and perhaps you are too. But I want to know it more. I love my wife. I get, I'm a collector of Bibles. I love them. I just got this one. It's new. It's, it's amazing. But I, I just love the word of God. I love Bibles. I, I love to collect those. But I don't want to just collect them and, and have them sit on it. I want to obey God's word. And why is it important? Well, let's read Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is quick. And we're reading this in the King James Version. We're getting back to apostolic authority here. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of his heart. So why is it important? Because it's quick. It's powerful. It can help your life. It can help you become a better Christian. It can help you become a better father, mother, spouse, whatever it is. And that's why it's important that we know what this Bible says and we are obedient to the word of God. Then we understand 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. So this is coming from God himself. This Bible here that you have perhaps at your home or perhaps with you here tonight, this is God himself speaking and is profitable for doctrine. We ought to know the the doctrine that we believe. And if we don't, and if we need more teaching, there is people here in this place. There is online resource. There's a number of things that we should understand so we can obey and know why we do what we do. But it's not just for that. It's for reproof. It's for correction. For instruction in righteousness. And that's what I need for Henry. And that's what we all should need Together, we all need to have it, understand that this scripture was given by inspiration of God to help us, to correct us, to guide us. It, it helps us in our life. But it's not so much just to know what it says, but we have to obey what the scripture says. And I'm coming to a close. Again, there could be a number of things that we need to be obedient about. I just named a couple obedient to God himself and understanding why we need to be obedient to God. Understanding the importance of being obedient to your spiritual authority. Understanding the obedience of scripture and the word of God. But let's also understand if we're obedient and we really want to walk in authority, we have to establish this authority, and it comes from obedience. 
There's a reason why we must obey God. Yes, we want to make it to heaven. 100%. If you didn't want to make it to heaven, I'd be worried. We want to make it to heaven. But two, we should strive and be all we could be in God on this earth. And our sights, our goals should be on whatever God wants us to do, and it should be higher than what we even think we are. And sometimes we have to visualize and see ourselves for how God sees us. And what I want and what we should want is not just to be obedient. Yes, we need that. We have to have that. We have to be obedient. But I want to walk. When, I, when I'm obedient to God and to his word and when I'm obedient to the man of God and to, to scripture what the Bible says, I want to not just walk in authority, but I want to walk in apostolic authority in my life. And I want that. But it all stems from the first step is being obedient to God. And when you establish your obedience to God and to all these other elements that I mentioned, then you can establish authority with this land. You can establish authority wherever you walk, wherever you go. Because now when you obey God, you're obeying God and his word. And through that you have salvation and you have fruits of the spirit and gifts of the spirit. And when you're obeying scripture, then you can say, I need to die out to myself. But in that, I want to have authority. And not just authority, but I want apostolic authority. So when I'm walking to work and when I'm at school or wherever I'm at, that people understand that they have been with God and they know who God is. Why? It's simple because all we did here today is we obeyed his word. We don't want to just be an average church. We shouldn't want to be an average saint. We shouldn't want to do what the rest of this world is doing. But we want to be God's church. And God is requiring more and more of each and every one of us. So I don't want to just walk in authority. But I want to see miracles like the apostles did. I want to be able to see blinded eyes open. I want to be able to see deaf ears where they can hear again. I want to see the dead raised because somebody spoke the name of Jesus. But it all has to stem from obedience to the word of God, the things of God, and ultimately God himself. I get tired personally. I get tired of listening to messages and seeing things. All these amazing things happen, and I rejoice with them. But I want it here. I want to see it here in South Dakota, here in Watertown. Don't let this be said of you and I in Acts chapter 19, verse 15. I know Jesus. I know Paul. But who are you? Have you been with, are, have you been, how do we get to that place where you're walking in authority? Well, it's simple, it's obeying God. How do you get to that place where you have not just authority, but there's a difference, now you're walking in dominion. We ought to be thankful and grateful that we have great examples and great men of God. That not just, they don't just walk in apostolic authority, but they have dominion. 
over the stronghold over this area. And they know. And where does it stem from? Where does it come from? They were obedient to what God required for them in their lives. And they just did it. And they obeyed. And they stayed with it. And they loved God. And they loved the people of God. And they continue to do that. But it's not just reserved for a few. But it's reserved for all of us here in this place. We can do it. You and I can do it. But it has to understand. If you want your footing and your, your foot to say, you know what? I'm going to put my foot down and I'm going to say, God, I'm going to be obedient, whatever it is. Our mindset should be wherever you go, whatever we do, we want to be able to walk into a room. We want to be able to come to a pulpit, teach a Bible study, walk around work, walk the halls of my school. I don't want to just show up. I don't want to just get by. But I want to walk in authority because I've obeyed him and his word. And I've been baptized in Jesus' name because I've spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. And I've repented of my sins as Scripture requires and says for us to do. And because of that, People know there's a different, they're different. Something is different. And when we learn to obey and we establish authority over sin in our lives, look, we're, we can't overcome sin in our lives without the grace and mercy of God. But when we understand that we don't have to deal with the same thing over and over and over again, we understand that we're establishing authority over sin and in our lives because we obey God's word and we adhere and obey God himself. And therefore, when we do that, we position ourselves to be used of God. It sounds complicated, or it doesn't have to sound complicated. But when we obey Scripture, and we obey God, we position ourselves for greatness. We position ourselves to walk in a new mindset. We position ourselves to walk in a new thinking, in a new way that we've never walked before. All because we obeyed God in our lives and we obeyed the word of God in our lives. But without it, we, we might need a realignment in our lives. We might need to say, you know what? Hey, you're kind of going this way and that way. And we need to be adjusted and when we do that we're positioning ourselves for greatness I don't know about you but I don't want to be average I want to push myself beyond human limits as far as this body can go and as far as God wants to take me because that's what Jesus did that's what Jesus did for you and I. And guess what? He had all power and authority. As we stand in this place.